With that in mind, turn in your Bible. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hold our place there. We're jumping back in. Oh, by the way, even though Pastor Sonny's certainly not here, he came, he came through in a pinch last Sunday, didn't he? Man, give him a hand, even though he may be watching online. I don't know. Pastor Sonny, uh, in fact, uh, he came just on the spur of the moment and did a phenomenal job. I had an opportunity to listen to his message on the way home uh, from uh, Northeast Texas yesterday. Uh, and he taught you how to pray for your pastor. So I'm going to give you a quiz. Okay. In fact, P-A-S-T-O-R, protection, assignment, strength. What's the T? Team, pray for the team. O, often, R, what's that rest? Whoo, man, I love it. I love it. So y'all keep it up. And then he said, you can pray that over your own life. I mean, because that's very real. So with that in mind, we're going to jump back into our series that'll lead us all the way up to Easter, living like Jesus. We're learning to live like Christ. How many of you know if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you got to live like Christ. You can't just follow him and watch him. you got to model. That's what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is about modeling and people follow the model. Everyone say, follow the model. And so that's what we're, the, the, this whole series is about is uh, becoming more and more like him. It's not our nature to live like Jesus. We have now a new nature that we need to allow Jesus the opportunity to influence. Uh, and we're in the process of what we call sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ. So living like, <coughs> pardon me, living like Jesus. And so I'm going to jump in in just a moment. Uh, but quickly, I may run out of time. I try, there's four things that I've asked you through this series to do to help us. It's a church-wide call of commitment. The first one is read. Read the, read the red. Let's read through the gospels. I'm reading through the gospels very slowly. I've not even got to Luke yet. I'm, I'm about done with, with Mark. Uh, I want you to read the red. Everyone say read the red. You'll get to know Jesus more and you'll get to learn, you'll learn about him. Don't just speed read it. Read it. Meditate on it. Everybody say, read the red. Number two, pray. Uh, Jesus prayed often and, and uh, he prayed every day. He went off to a solitary place, the Bible says, and there he prayed. Uh, we have a Tuesday night prayer meeting from seven to eight. Uh, that it's, it's come and go. It's if you can come, we'd love for you to come. I won't actually be here Wednesday. I'll be in Mexico. I'm leaving in the morning. How many of you are going to pray for Pastor Sam in Mexico? I've got a team of four. Uh, we're going to do some repairs. We're going to do some drilling. We're going to bring fresh water to the needy people of Mexico. And I'm going to be getting ready for you next Sunday. So, hey, uh, it's prayer time. Uh, every day ought to be prayer time. But Tuesday, if you'd love to come and agree with some folks at the place of prayer. It's just, we'll turn on a little music and just pray and then come together and let's just keep praying. That's the second thing. The third thing, of course, is come. Uh, plug in and be faithful, not only on Sunday morning, but Wednesday nights in our life groups. Number four, care for one another. Reach out beyond yourself and be a blessing to other people. One of the best ways for God to touch and impact your life is when you are a blessing to others. Because if you sow it, what are you going to do? You're going to reap it. So let's do these four things as a church. And if you go, oh, I've been slipping a gear here. You, hey, we've got a, four weeks for you to get in gear. Look at your neighbor and say, get it in gear, man. Come on. 
Get it in gear. We got to get this thing in gear. Amen. Our keynote verse for this entire series has been Galatians 2.20. Paul said this, I am crucified. In fact, let's read it together. Can you read that? Can you see that? Here we go. Let's read it out loud together. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And everybody said amen. Now, this morning, we've talked about a lot of different things, but this morning, I want to talk to you about running like Jesus. I almost wore my tennis shoes today, but I put them on and they didn't fit. I don't know how tennis shoes all of a sudden don't fit. You would think that you would have figured that out when you bought them, but uh, (laughs) I don't know what happened. I don't think my feet grew. I think my tennis shoes must have shrunk, but I almost wore my tennis shoes as an illustration because how many of you know, catch this today, as we read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and if you're there, I want you to follow along with me. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run. Everyone say, let us run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And all God's people who love his word say amen. There's a, there is a, there is a, I love using this word, there is a plethora of revelation and insight in this passage of Scripture. And I want to look at it a little more detailed, especially from the standpoint of the race we're running. Now, let me give you two foundational truths from Scripture concerning uh, the race we're all involved in. The first one is this. The life we live on planet Earth is equated to a race in Scripture. The life you and I live, biblically, is equated to to a race. And that's what we see here. Let us run with endurance the race. Everyone say the race. Now, if you went over to 2 Timothy 4, 7, you don't need to, you could write it down. But 2 Timothy 4, 7 says this, Paul has come to the close of his life. Okay. I don't know if I'd want to know if I was at the close of my life. Maybe so, maybe not. Paul was always desirous to depart and be with Christ. He said to, to live as Christ, but to die as gain. And he came to the close of his life and he said this, I've, I've kept the faith, I've, or I've finished my race, I've kept the faith. Everyone say, I finished my race. No, don't say that. You might have. I don't know if that was a bad confession, but uh, Paul, we're just quoting Paul, you see. Paul said, I finished the what? The race. And so we need to embrace this reality that life is like a race. Now, I'm, I'm bow-legged. I don't run very well. In fact, just to prove it, there you go. I didn't get that from riding horses. It's just genetics, okay? Uh, and I've, I've not been very good at, at and, and as a young um, um, tracks. I'm not a track star. Uh, in fact, my my coach told me years ago, he said, if you, we did cross country training. Anybody ever try to run across country? Uh, man, that just wear me out. We ran all over Red Oak and all over the country. Uh, and, and I just, it just never worked. And they didn't hydrate you correctly. They didn't give you a while. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but, but my coach told me this. He said, just keep running. After a while, you'll get your second wind. 
I never got the first wind. In fact, in Colorado, I'm learning how to say that like a Coloradian. Uh, I was in, my son, he's trying to help me. I say, man, we're in Colorado. He said, there's an O on the end of that, Dad. There's not an A. It's Colorado. Okay, I got it. Colorado. Uh, Mile High Stadium, Denver, Colorado. Hey, I did fine. But on Friday, we got in the car and drove to Estes Park, which is another half mile in the air. It's like I, it, the, the air is like you're a mile and a half in the, in the air. You got it? I didn't seem to have a problem. I walked right in uh, 30 minutes, 20 minutes before I'm supposed to speak to 80 men who are just hungry for the Word of God. And I walked in, and immediately my head is hard to. I got dizzy, and I'm going. I'm going to fall down right here and faint right here before I speak. And I sit down, and I'm, my, I'm going, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I mean, I, I started, oh, I mean, I just, my son said, drink water, Dad. Uh, uh, that's that altitude stuff messing with you. I said, give me water, give me water. I drank about a gallon of water in 30 minutes. And I got up to speak like this. It's so good to be here today. Man, there was no air. I couldn't hardly preach. I never had my first, it was like, where's the wind at? There's no air up there. So I learned later, you're supposed to acclimate to that. They should have told me. I should have come a day early. The next day I was fine. But I never caught my second wind in track. And so I don't know much about running the race. Let me just, as we jump in here, I spent Friday with a dear friend of mine named Jerry Phelps. He's a pastor of Tyler Metro Church. He's 77 years old. He's run, he runs uh, just jogs, I would say, nearly every day. I think it's at least five days a week he jogs. For the last 30 years nearly, he's jogged. He looks healthy. He is healthy. He's fiery. He looks younger than me. And I'm not even, he's over 10 years older than me. And, uh, and I'm amazed by this guy. And, uh, he, he's an inspiration to me. He told me yesterday, or pardon me, Friday when we we're fishing, I've never been more fired up. I've never been more in touch with the Word of God. In fact, he started preaching about Esther before I could get my pole casted into the water. He preached on Esther for about 30 minutes. I said, said, am I supposed to give an offering now? What's going on here, preacher? But I'm telling you, this guy, Jerry Phelps, knows how to run his race with endurance. And that's what we want to talk about today. And we learn that the first thought is that, that the life we live on planet Earth is equated to a race. And then number two, the second foundational truth, the way we, the way we, the way we, Maybe it's that altitude sickness. The way we run determines the reward we receive. There is a reward for a race that is run rightly. In fact, if you go to 1 Corinthians 9, jot it down. I'm not going to quote it. I'm not going to go there. 1 Corinthians 9, 21, Paul uses this illustration about we all run in a race, but only one wins the prize. And basically what he's saying is run to win. Everyone say run to win. I, I, I'm not a, 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 a race car enthusiast, but I've noticed something about some of these races. There's only a few real contenders. The rest of them are just making laps and getting points or something. I don't know, but there's, there's not as many contenders. There's some there that just know, I'm not going to win, but I'm out here taking up space to make it interesting. I don't know. But Paul said in this race we're all running in uh, that we have to run to win because if we run our race correctly, Correctly, there will be a reward. Amen? 
I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I don't want to, I don't want God or angels fumbling around trying to find something to reward me with. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over these few things that I've given you. Hey, come on, I'm going to give you much. Somebody say amen. Josh, let me ask your family, ameners back there. If they don't amen, you, you poke them right. I need their help today. <laughs> I tell people, if you don't, hey, if you like what I say, say amen. If you don't want to say amen, they smile and nod. If you don't do either one of those, I think you didn't understand me, so I just keep repeating myself over and over. How many of you want to hurry this thing on? Amen. amen. Smile and nod and say amen. You'll be, we'll get this thing moving. So, so it's the race we're in. And the, the way we run determines the reward we receive. I'm going to give you six, five things, actually, about how we, we are to run this race from this passage of Scripture that I read to you. The first one is run with freedom. Everyone say freedom. We sang this, freedom reigns in this place. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. But look what the writer of Hebrews said here, the way we are to run our race. How do we run our race? We run our race by laying aside. Everyone say lay aside. Lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily ensnare us or entrap us. That's the way we run. You can't run a, the, a race effectively with, with burdens and with, with heaviness and with sin. And, and, and this, this infers two types of things. Did you know there are some things that weight us down that are not necessarily sinful? How many of you sometimes we just carry too much baggage in life? And then there are other things that weigh us down that are absolutely sinful in life. And we need to address both. Some of us think, well, hey, I got First John 1, 9. I confess I've been forgiven. But listen, sometimes we just need to let that sanctification process keep on working in us. And sh- in fact, I had a, we used to sing this song, shake off those heavy bands and lift up those holy hands. We need to lay aside. Tell somebody, you better lay it down, brother. Tell somebody, you better lay it down. Come on, Tom, did you tell her? You tell us, you better lay that down right there. Lay it down. Because there's some things that will, will hinder you. Listen to me. I want to be prophetic. I want to, some things that will absolutely hinder you from finishing your race well. In fact, I heard this statement at this men's retreat. We need to finish strong, not wrong. Everybody say, finish strong, not wrong. And if we carry weights and sins with us through life and we think somehow God's going to wink at them and we're going to somehow cross over the ticker tape and everybody's just going to be hunky-dory and happy and give you a blue ribbon, you and I are sadly mistaken. There's some things we got to get free of. And Jesus came to set us free. Read the first uh, few chapters of the book of Luke. He picked up the, 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 uh, the book of Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those who are bound. In other words, freedom ought to be the, the modus operandi of the church. Are you with me? Say amen. Woo! Somebody say amen. My Lord. I don't have my watch, and so I'm just going to preach. Look in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, Paul said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Somebody say amen. 
And do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. I heard a testimony from a staff member of a church, a great minister, a great pastor, who 10 months ago walked into his pastor's office and said, I've got to resign my position. He said, why? He said, because I've had an emotional, uh, and, and a, not a physical, but an emotional affair with, with a staff member of this church, and I'm confessing my sin today, and I'm resigning from this church. Long story short, uh, they took him through uh, uh, therapy and counseling and time of, of restoration, and it was 10 months ago that he confessed this. Of course, he lost his job, but he stood up in front of us uh, on uh, Friday, mo- Friday no, Saturday morning and shared his story. And he told this story. Basically, what he said is, I, I got entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And I blew it. And he said, I should have listened last year at the theme of the men's conference, which was finished strong and not wrong. And so, what was he doing? He, he, he realized, I'm shaking. Everybody say, lay it down. It says, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Jesus said this in John 8. Oh, gosh, don't get away from Galatians. Look down in verse 7. He, and then Paul asked the Galatians, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? In other words, in your race, you were running great, but these things came and got a hold of you and knocked you out and knocked you out of the race. If you go back, if you were to go back to that Corinthians passage that I mentioned to you in first, first Corinthians nine, Paul said, I'm, I've got to do everything in my power to run rightly, lest I am disqualified. I don't want to be disqualified. Are you with me? Everybody say run with freedom. Jesus said in John 8, 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free what? Indeed. Run with freedom. And also in this race when we're running with Jesus. In fact, if you were to look at Hebrews 12, what, what he's basically saying is, Jesus was running his race. You run your race. He ran his race. He kept his eye on the prize and he finished his race. And he sat down by the, uh, on the right hand of the throne of God. He finished his race. In fact, what did he say at Calvary? He said, it is finished. And so he ran his race and we're living like Jesus. We must run our race. We must run with freedom. And number two, we must run with fortitude. Everyone say fortitude. Fortitude is courage and, 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 the courage and strength in the midst of pain or adversity. Anybody ha- ever had any pain or adversity? And you got to run through just one. Uh, I got my hand up too. Uh, there, there's, there's struggles in life. And we've got to run our race with what? He said this in Hebrews 12. Run with endurance. Everyone say with endurance. In other words, with courage and strength. In the midst of adversity and pain, you can't let the adversities of life knock you out of the race. And I I came to tell you, even though I didn't believe it from a natural perspective, I've never experienced it from a natural perspective. I'm going to tell you this in the middle of pain and adversity. Just keep running your race and I promise you, you will get your second wind. The Holy Spirit will come and strengthen you. I love what Colossians 1.11 says, and this was our keynote verse at the men's conference uh, that I shared with last weekend. It's first Colossians 1.11 from the message. I love the message. It says this, we pray that you'll have the strength 
to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It's a strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Somebody smile and go, ha, ha, ha. It's the glory strength. And so you can run your race because in the middle of it, when you endure, not by gritting your teeth and go, I'm going to make it, I'm going to survive, but, but, but just looking to Jesus and just calling out to him and saying, God, I need your glory strength. I need supernatural strength to keep running this race in the middle of pain and adversity. Are you with me? Say amen. So we run with freedom. We lay aside every sin and every weight that doth so easily beset us and we run with fortitude, not our own strength. How many of you know your own strength will just just peter out after a while? It'll fizzle out and you'll realize, man, I was trying to do this in my own strength. Have you ever tried to say nope to dope in your own strength? Have you ever tried to stop smoking and chewing and going with the girls that do in your own strength? It just does not work. Maybe for a season, but I'm telling you, there's a glory strength. I better get up and preach here in a minute. There's a glory strength that will come upon us if we will just pray and seek him. He knows you're going through a struggle. In fact, the Bible Bible says this, in the middle of your struggle, sometimes it's a trial that is working something in you for his greater glory. Could I get a better amen? So we run with freedom, we run with fortitude, and number three, in this race that we're all called to run, we run with focus. Maybe Ruth's gone. She started T-ball this year. The funniest thing I've ever seen. The first, she couldn't even get close to the ball when she swung at it the first time or the first game. I missed the last game, but I saw some video. She was practicing. I think it was practice. So she hit the ball, and you've seen this a hundred times. There's first base right down there. She just started running all over the. She's going, no, go to first, go to first. And we're all going, ha, 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 isn't that cute? She's going, you know what a lot of us look like in life? Ha, 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 maybe Ruth's trying to figure out which way's first. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? What does the scripture say? Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eyes focused upon the one who's already run his race. You see, he, there is a path that we can all run on. There's a track that we can all uh, 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 run on. There is a, there's the dotted line, if you will, of following the purpose and plan of God for our life. We've got to stay focused. Jesus stayed focused. Uh, you see, when you're reading, I know all y'all are reading the red. When you read through the red these next few weeks, you're going to see that Jesus refused to get knocked off the purpose of God for his life. In fact, he went to pray in the latter hours of his physical life. And the reason, and he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know what he was tempted to do? Get off track. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. <coughs> he stayed on track. And we've got to stay focused and realize <coughs> that God has a plan. Look what Hebrews said, 12, 1 and 2. He said, who for the 
joy that was set before him. See, there's something that has been set before us. Go back. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's something that has been set before all, all of us. It's the will of God. It's the purpose of God. It's the, the, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And if we, if we lose our focus in the middle of this race, we'll be like Mary Ruth just running all over the place. She's expending a lot of energy, but she's getting nowhere because she doesn't know which way to go. Jesus said this, he said, my food, John four thirty four. my food, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What was he saying? I've got, I, I'm living my life with laser focus. Not my will, but your will. Let me just tell you something. His will will always outrun, outtrack, outsucceed anything you and I could dream up. And if nothing else, if we stopped right here and we just really processed that thought, that, that am I living life by my set of rules and by my wisdom and my guidance and what I think and what I believe and just trying to get my fire insurance with God? Or am I really at a place in life where I'm saying, not my will, but your will be done? Where's the focus of our life? That what, that's what we should all ask ourselves. Paul said this about his focus in Philippians 3.14. And this is from the message as well. I love this. He said, I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning, beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. I'm going to read it again. He said, I've got my eye on the goal. In other words, I'm focused. You're not going to get me off track. You're not going to distract me off of this. I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. I'm staying focused. I'm running my race with focus. I'm running my race with God's strength and fortitude. I'm running my race with freedom, laying aside the weights and the sins which doth so easily beset me. And number four, I'm going to run my race with faith in my heart. Paul said this, well, back in Hebrews, he said, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our what? Faith. In other words, faith is the key ingredient in this race we call life. Faith is the key ingredient and in, from getting from point A to point B. Faith births you into the race. Faith births births you into the kingdom of God. And we live by faith. We walk by faith. We run this race by faith. Paul said this, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. I've finished my race. He, he links faith and race as, as undeniable blood brothers. If you're going to win the race, you're going to do so by faith. Everyone say by faith. I'm going to run with faith. In the middle of the hard times, I'm going to have faith. In the middle of the good times, I'm going to have faith. Listen, without the bad, there would be no need for faith if there wasn't question marks and, and, and struggles and pains. Where we had to say, I put my trust in Him. 
Though I don't see it, I know something's going on. When nothing seems to be going on, I know something's going on. I'm going to trust in the Lord, as, as Proverbs 3 says, and lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, in this race, I'm going to trust Him. In all my ways, I'm going to lean into Him and trust Him. Amen. I'm going to run with faith. In fact, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So how are you going to run the race that God has for you without faith? Look at your neighbor and just boldly declare to them, have faith in God. Come on, look them right in your eyeball. Have faith in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. Have faith in God. Jesus said, if you have a faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, and it'll do whatever you say. Come on now. I cursed a batch of mean old pigs the other day. Did I tell you my pig story? Oh, I'll tell you my pig story. We got a bunch of, well, we used to have pigs coming to my lake house, and they would just wreak havoc on my beautiful yard front and back. And I, I what am I going to do? I can't, I, I don't know how to fix these, and and my neighbor sent me a picture, this is a couple of weeks ago, of my backyard. They had just, it was worse than plowing. It was terrible. And I texted him back, that's sickening. And the next morning, it was, a, it was a Saturday morning, I texted him and I said, we need to pray those demonized pigs off of this property forever and ever. Amen. That was Saturday. They had rooted everything up over and over again. The next Sunday morning, I'm getting ready for church, and my, my neighbor texts me a message. Well, the Lord answered your prayer. And I said, what? He said, we came home from, from supper last night after dark. There was trailers and ATVs and, and lights and people business going on right there by your house as you pull into your house. And I pulled up and said, what's going on? They said, we've been hog hunting all day. They had 43 dead pigs on their trailer. And I went, Hurr. they can have all the bacon they want. I'm telling, and, and, and he said, well, how'd y'all do it? He said, well, we started this morning about seven o'clock with our dogs. We've been chasing pigs all day long. You know what time I cursed those pigs? Seven o'clock. And those dogs went after them in Jesus' name. Hey, hey, you, whatever it is, you got to have faith. Could have got a better amen. I'm running my race with freedom. We ought to run our race with fortitude. We ought to run our race with focus. We ought to run our race with great faith. I have, may it be said of all of us when we come to the close of our life, and surely we will, should Jesus tarry, to be able to say, I've kept the faith. I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I didn't throw in the towel. Amen. And then number five, we ought to run to finish. We ought to have a finisher's focus. Just like Jesus said, I quoted it already, John 4, 34, my food, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and finish my work. And then on the cross, he said, it is finished. And it, then he sat down at the, after he rose again from the dead, he ascended to the father and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He finished his race. Amen. Paul said, I finished my race. 
May it be said of all of us that we finish strong and not wrong. And sadly, I've seen those who have finished wrong and not strong. You'll live like Jesus. You've got to run your race like Jesus. Amen. We're all in a race, whether we realize it or not. Some of us are out of focus. We're just running all over the place. Or I've seen them do this, hit the ball and just stand there. And everybody in the stands screaming, run! Oh, nobody told me that part. Some people are like Johnny. Johnny hits the ball and you got to drag him to first. Listen, Holy Spirit's not going to drag anybody. We got to get in the ra- we got to get in the race. There's a will of God to accomplish. There's a purpose and a plan of God, not only for your life but for this church. There's a responsibility for us to fulfill. So today I want to pray for you. Just like we prayed for little Rhett man. God, may all the days of his life be filled with the will of God. And may he fulfill the purpose of God for his life. He's not an accident. Just like you're not an accident. God has a plan in life and a purpose. So let's stand together today. I want to encourage you in this race that there's glory strength available. You have faith to run. There's strength to stand. There's a vision for you to catch, a faith for you, a purpose and a focus for us all to fulfill. And today I believe God is preparing us to get back in the race to run our race with endurance, looking unto Jesus. I don't know where your eyes are focused on, but today we're going to look to Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Father, today we look to you. And Lord, may it be, God, I feel so strong about this thought. May it be that every one of us in this room embrace the race that you have for them to run. To be able to get in the game and begin to run with endurance the race that is set before them. Looking unto Jesus. Won't you right now, just in your own way, pray this prayer, Lord, I put my eyes upon you. I look to you today. I want to live like you. I want to walk like you. I want to talk like you. And I want to run the race of life as you ran your race with endurance, with glory, strength, with great faith in my heart, with a laser-like focus and vision, Lord God, with freedom from the weights and the sins. And today I would not embarrass anyone, but all of us, if the truth were known, we've got unnecessary baggage that is weighing us down. Today, we just lay it at your feet. And we thank you for freedom from sinful habits, from 
sinful mindsets from unnecessary things that are hindering the way and the plan of God in our life. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed before we leave today, if you're here and you've never really been what the Bible calls born again, you've never asked Jesus Christ to come and live and abide within your heart. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you can say, Pastor, I just don't know for sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I don't feel comfortable in my eternal security with Christ. And today I want to know that I know. When I walk out of this room, I want to know that I am His and He is mine. If that's you, wherever you are, I'll not embarrass one person, but wherever you are, just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. I need to know for sure that Jesus Christ is the Lord and the leader of my life. Anyone here today? Let me, let me just add to that. If you're here today and you know Christ lives in your heart, but you've never, you're just not on track. You got distracted. You, you got sidetracked in this race. And today you want to return to him and let him be the Lord and leader of your life. Wherever you are, just lift your hand. Say, that's me, pastor. I just need to know. God bless you. Anyone else? Lift your hand. I just need to return to him and let him lead my life. Lift it up. Father, you see these hands. I pray for those who lifted their hands and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they're here for such a time as this. And Lord, I pray God that today would be a great day of restoration and return for not only them, but whoever hears me today by way of this live broadcast or by way of this service today, we just praise you and we thank you. Everyone make this your prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I invite you to be the Lord and leader of my life. I lay down my will. And I embrace your plan for my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again so I could have a new life too. I receive it today in Jesus' name. And I confess you as my Lord. And everybody said amen. Whew, how many of you got your track shoes on? You ready to run the race? Come on, give him some praise today. I'm running the race. I'm running with focus. I'm running with faith. I'm running with fortitude. I'm running with freedom. Amen. Everybody say freedom. Turn around and give somebody a high five and say, let's get going together. Amen. Let's get going. Amen.